Welcome to the Beretta Brothers. We're a podcast and a vodcast. You can listen or watch the episode. Just go to theberettabrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us. And we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you. <laughs> hey. What's up, baby? Hi, Gene. Oh, another show. What's happening? Listen, this was actually week. was working. So far, we're on. <laughs> we promise <laughs> the show is going to happen today. Yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. very special week. Um, do you what? hear the music? No. Are you oh. hearing things? Anyway. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> there's something coming through on my headphones I had to be something it's not haunted All right. well listen we've got some great guests today but uh i always like to start the show with a little you know a sweet greeting and it's a special week we you had a special a sweet greeting for each other week. you mean yeah you mean a sweet yeah. greeting we usually say yeah. something really nice about each other because we do appreciate each other so very much mm-hmm but what this week we're going to try something a little different it was our cousin gary's birthday on tuesday and gary gosh does he have a personality it's as vibrant as explosive as as abstract as as his own amazing paintings and i just got to say i love you cuz and you know to me have you ever taken a stroll down seaside boardwalk and you walk past a, a pizzeria and the smell that comes out across the boardwalk and pulls yeah. you in, yeah. makes you yeah. feel loved, makes you feel needed, makes you warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what he's like for me. He's like a pepperoni pizza on a hot summer day. What else can we say about him? Happy That's birthday, it. Gary. Happy birthday. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. We've got to do a little bit of uh, business here. We've got to do some shameless plugs. Quick, quick, quick. Shameless plugs, started. yes. Let's get, our, let's get our peeps in here. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, you can go to YouTube and you can check out Jules Little Gems, exclamation point, uh, to see huh. Billy's latest project. And uh, yes. I'm sure lots of you have seen it already. It's lots of fun. And there will be more episodes coming in the future, I, I imagine. I hope we're working on some. We've been a little lazy, but uh, you know, I have a 16 year old, so it's not always the easiest thing uh, to get him in, in it, but he's awesome in them actually. And then you can go to GeneBeretta.com yeah. to see all of Gene's amazing artwork and his awesome books that he's created, all of his award-winning books. And don't forget hey, to subscribe. what about this? The BerettaBrothers.com. Yeah, this one. Subscribe. Go. Subscribe for us, please. We got to make it happen. All, All right. right, let's get started. Uh, so later, got some cool guests. Well, but let's just say so. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get started. Very exciting. But later in the show, we're gonna be joined by two lovely Eds, two lovely men, two lovely guys, uh, and uh, can't wait to do that. We're gonna spend some time with them. Ed Christie and Ed Eif, uh, both amazing designers, creators, Muppet related and non-Muppet related, they, they're just amazing. So they're coming up uh, in our second half. Right, but our first guest is a chef. 
winner of the James Beard Foundation Award for I'm sorry, wait, I'm sorry. Gene, Gene I'm, sorry to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but he told me he prefers to be called a cook. Ooh. Yeah, let's go I don't back. Know. He just said, call me a cook. I think he's much right. more than that, but let's call him, let, you might our as well call him a cook. A, our first guest is a cook. Would you please, please welcome Alton Brown? <laughs> That is literally yes. all that you had to say because Cook kind of just <laughs> sums it up. I feel good about just cook. A cook. I feel I can back that up. <laughs> you know, I don't even have a tall white hat, so I can't say chef. You know, besides, I'm not oh. going to say I'm not going to call myself a chef around the guy who's the the Swedish chef. I'm just not going to do that. It's, 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 <laughs> well, it would be he's, it would be very bad luck. He's clearly not a chef. I mean, if you want to talk about non chefs. <laughs> I know it's pretty influential to not be a chef. But well, then there are a lot of people that are call themselves chefs that aren't, but he he's got the cred. We all know that he's got hey, the cred. There, There's no argument there. Is is there is there a chef that ever has reminded you of the Swedish chef? Like a, a person? Is there have you ever come across somebody that you thought, you know, that chef could be the Swedish chef? Yeah, but but not not somebody who's famous. Somebody that I just knew in my in my personal life. I, ha yeah. I had an uncle who who very much oh, yeah. reminded me of the Swedish chef. But he spoke funny because he had a stroke and couldn't talk right, so <laughs> oh. he just sounded. Oh. He, he, it wasn't Swedish. It was it was well, gibberish. Is 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 what we call right, it? Right, right, because right. none of us could understand what he was saying. We're like, wow, it's just like the Swedish chef. But because <laughs> he, he was very good with his hands. The he managed to get chef. the message across, and he was a strokey mm -hmm. chef, which I, I don't, I think is probably politically not viable. Um, in, yeah, right. in, 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 but, in but the, the I, popular well, parlance. Yeah. Is, is that is that who kind of was that like your first inspiration as far as like cooking goes, like from from him, or did you? How did no, you get interested? No, in, no, 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 oh, no, no. I I I got interested in in cooking because uh, I. I had a really hard time getting dates in college. Oh. And I found that if, that if I offered to cook for a girl, I had a better chance of getting a date than if I just asked her out. So it was strictly utilitarian. That's how you and, do it. Um, yeah, that, 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 that worked okay for a while, Gene, but you I know, told Gene like, cooking, like so he's many, gotta learn to cook. yeah, it really That's what happened. That's but, why Billy was always making out with the girls I had crushes hmm. on. <laughs> well, he might even say that it was you. You know, he might have been claiming to be you. Um, I, I don't have anybody claiming to be me. But yeah, I, I'm not one of those guys who's like, yes, at the age of four, I made my first pie. No, I, I didn't. I just, right. wanted to get, I just wanted girls. And uh, But then Is I found that, you know, you just you, you find that some some things are just more enjoyable when you do them yourselves anyway. Um, <laughs> and so cooking, cooking became that, I guess, for me. So it became a hobby, and then it became more than a hobby. Yeah. Go ahead, Bill. S sorry. Oh, I, I was just gonna. But so, but you you didn't start off as being a person that was into cooking, right? I mean, you went a, on a in more of a in the entertainment industry, and music as a cinematographer. Oh yeah. It, um, career wise, you... no career wise, I, I didn't. I I, I was a, a cinematographer, and then I directed TV commercials for a while, uh, and I cooked strictly as a hobby, and then I I started to get this crazy idea. In the in the '90s, that you know, food food uh, entertainment's going to be big, and everybody thought I was crazy. And I was like, "Nah, it's going to be big. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit my job and go to culinary school." And everybody's like, "You've lost your freaking mind!" Wow. And um, and now most of those people owe me money. 
<laughs> have they paid up? Because you know I, I know a guy that knows a oh, guy. Oh, no, no, no. No, I don't like them to pay up. It's better to be owed than to have the money. Oh, uh, I right, see. Right, right. But no, everybody thought, people thought I was a little bit crazy. And, and, and then, so I quit. I quit my job and I, I went to culinary school. And, uh, and, and you were so... You should um, throw in. You you shot uh, REM's the one I love, correct? I did back in the day. Yeah, I was about twenty five, <laughs> I guess. Wow. Uh, when that happened, twenty five wow. or twenty six, wow. uh, somewhere around in there. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I'm surprised yeah. you guys remember so, that. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've been looking up. You know, I've been watching. I watched. Um, I watched uh, Pork Chop Blues recently because I was looking at some of the things you did. How recent is that one? Uh, Pork Chop Blues came off of our uh, the CD that me and my trio did uh, coming out of our uh, last live tour show. So that video was probably uh, about two years old, I want to say. Yeah, about two years yeah. old. I, I love it. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, it has a, a very primitive look, and so it's deceptive. Deceptive, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really- primitive, it's, all right. <laughs> well, stylistically, but it's really sophisticated. I, I love it. I love the spinning backgrounds for them to walk along, you know, like right. a like yeah. a dolly shot and everything. Um, but I, I really loved it. So it's your it's your I'd music. I really like did to do that in real direct? life. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not direct. I didn't direct the the, the video. Um, and I'm I'm knocking myself in the head for not uh, remembering uh, the Chapman brothers, the guy that did Homestar Runner um, on on uh, the web. I'm a huge fan of theirs. And so I gave them the song and said, hey, would you just make a video for me? So it was it was all those guys. And um, oh, they're wow. fantastic animators. And um, and then they worked with uh, a puppeteer that I work with a lot named uh, Lucky Yates, uh, who's also on the TV show Archer on um, on uh, FX. Uh, so it was it was oh. a I provided the music for that, and then I just wanted them to take it and, and go with it. Sometimes it's nice to just let other artists do their thing with with your work. So that's why that was right. a lot of fun. But it was it was primitive because I wouldn't give them any money. You see, well, it's very small budget. A little like it little bitty budget. It was like <laughs> what it, I had it, in my it, pocket. It didn't look at the primitive time. as in inexpensive. It, it looked primitive just because they chose it stylistically. <clears throat> That's what I liked about yeah, it. With the, yeah, with the big, the rotating cylinder for the streets and everything. Yeah. I think it's- What's, what's your main instrument? What's your main instrument? <clears throat> uh, well, I, I grew up uh, playing playing saxophone. I, I, I grew up playing tenor saxophone, but now in the trio, I, I play play guitar and sing. I find it easier to write, write songs on a guitar than a saxophone because it's really hard to play saxophone and sing at the same time. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. Um, <laughs> I think Kenny Sam G Butera may have done fan? an album of that, and I just am I what? Sam Butera fan? You know Sam Butera? Yeah. I don't. I've never yeah. met. We've never met Louis Prima you know, by reputation and Part Louis Prima. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. And, we did uh, meet him actually. We met Sam Butera in Atlantic City. Is once. he still alive? Not, no, now. not now. That was no. like no. Okay, ten fifteen years say, ago. Wait a second. That can't be right. He's, no, would be and actually over a hundred now. Well, it kind of, yeah. Well, Kelly Smith only passed yeah. away like four or five years ago, but yeah, he definitely, yeah. Uh, no, he passed five away about at least 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but I you got to go back him. to you. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of a cool cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to go back, sorry, Palmer. to your, the cooking. Sorry. Cause I'm, I'm, I love to cook. I'm a huge fan of yours. I, we, we, we've talked, I am, we've talked some cooking. Yes, a little bit, but, um, 
because I would just pick your brain all day long and I would bore the shit out of you. But I, um, I'm always fascinated with, um, and I'm just going to go to, to Iron Chef for a minute. I know you're not chewing that now, but I'm always fascinated by how you know what they're making almost before they're making it. Is that just in here? Or do you have notes and things? Do you know what's kind of coming? Because I, like, you'll say, oh, that, that's that's a, a bechamel, but they're going to be using a so-and-so nut and da da da, da. Or what, I just, I it boggles my mind that you sense what they're making so, based on just some ingredients. There's, it's, it's probably one third, um, just the experience of watching what ingredients get used at what part of, of the hour battle. Okay, so yeah. if, if somebody yeah. starts to do something at a certain time and then you see somebody else over here, you you start to, to put one one and two together. So it's one third that and then it's two thirds the fact that I spy on the teams before we start. How you do a little bit? And oh, good. good. Yeah. So because even if they don't know what the secret ingredient is, they have to have some kind of plan. They, they, they have right. to say like, well, somebody's going to have to cut an onion. Unless that's chocolate up there, somebody's going to be cutting up an onion. And somebody's going to be yeah. making this. And somebody's going to be making that. So the other half is just listening, you know. And, yeah, and you, you I, might, I might have access. I might have access to microphones that are placed in places that might help that. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Maybe. But, but still, it, you do it well, then you just do it very well because it does really feel – like it's in real time and, or, and, and maybe it's the editing of it all ultimately, but well, it is, I'm it is so definitely with, in real time. It's, yeah. It's, so it's I'm, in, I'm just so time. impressed yeah. with how you recognize things that are starting at the very <laughs> basics. And then it is that, and I go, ah, and it doesn't feel well, like you, you, if you were to, you know, there are a lot of things that I don't, but if you were to watch really early episodes of that show, it's mostly me just going, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I think we ended up we did like three hundred of them. So you do like three hundred right. of them. You get to where you're like, I, I would break the hour down into five minute segments. And if I saw a certain thing happen in a certain five minute segment, then I would chart it to the next segment. And you start to draw a graph of, of everything that's going on. And then there are also right. culinary spies down on the floor who are talking to me through another earpiece. So I'm getting intel all the time if I can't right. see it on one of my monitors. Plus, right. I've done so many now. You. You've done so you do many now that if you, you say something wrong, you if you say something wrong, they can just edit something out of a, an earlier show and plug it in. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll go back. No, because here's the thing. Once the shows are edited, I still have to go back and do another layer of voiceover because there's no way for me to know how they're going to edit the stories together. And I only mm -hmm. have eight monitors, so there's stuff I don't see until right. they do the cut. So once they do the final, the, the fine cut, I'll go back and kind of patch it up a little bit if there was something that I missed. Hmm. Sounds so, like the Muppets. Does it? So, so, oh yeah. Except no, nobody has their, nobody has their, nobody has their hand up inside of me. <laughs> well, we can arrange that. If it would be a better show. Something. It would be a better show if somebody had their hand up inside of me. But, uh, but, but they don't. You know what I was interested, uh, something I wanted to talk to you about, I was interested in this. I heard you talk about what I'll describe as your creative triune. You mentioned uh, Julia Child, Mr. Wizard, and Monty Python. 
as a triune for what you do now. Um, so you're yeah. a big Python fan, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that um, you know, when it comes to absurdist skit comedy, um, they're, they're still, from a writing and performing standpoint, the, the gold standard. And uh, I, for my own show, Good Eats, there's, there's a fair amount that we either just steal directly from the Pythons or is inspired <laughs> um, by, by the Pythons. And um, I, yeah. from, from both a writing standpoint and a performance standpoint, yeah. I, I always pick that up with your rhythms and things because I was, from the time they aired in 74, I was memorizing the skits and went to see them live at the city center in New York when I was 16 and had John Cleese oh, wow. walk over me during a skit and got to peer his undercarriage, which is a memory <laughs> that is not hard to forget. Um, but I, you know, I knew them backwards and forwards. So I, I did pick that up about you. That's why I wanted to mention it. And you, you know, there, there are know several, you, there are several books that you can, you know, that have every single skit written in them. And I, I just keep it around and open it. And when I, when I start feeling like I've got absolutely no idea what I'm going to write, I'll pick that up and like, oh my God, you know, they, they made gold out of absolutely nothing uh, right here. <laughs> you know, I mean, this, this is, this is, this is a, this is a bit about a cheese shop that has no cheese. Freaking brilliant. Yes. Right, right. Right, that's right. I used to also, do, you know what I used to do too? Oh, sorry, let me just mention, Billy, but when we were back talking yeah. about animation earlier, what all I did in my mid-teens was to make cut-out paper animation based on Terry Gilliam's work. Terry Gilliam. That was a huge influence right. on me as well. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Sorry, Billy, go ahead. Uh, it's, it's, no, no. it's still, to me, the, the best animation there is, personally. Yeah, it's, it's so, I love it. He's so clever. He's amazing. Uh, no, I was just going to say you really took cooking. I think the the visual side of cooking became so much more interesting. I think you were on whatever path you felt that you were on that you said in the 90s, I'm going to go to culinary school and I'm going to you basically made cooking more interesting. Wouldn't you say that's true? Because I don't I would say I don't that. know of other shows that were doing it. Um, Cooking was already plenty interesting. Uh, I didn't make it interesting. I may have pointed yeah. out um, in certain ways that it was interesting. But what, what I think that we did do on, on Good Eats, at least, is that we brought history and engineering and chemistry and anthropology. And then we wrapped it up in hopefully some pop culture comedy in such a way that it was really easy to watch. And we tried to make mm -hmm. them really dense so that people would watch them repeatedly would watch them over again mm -hmm. uh, and if they got up at the end of that and said hey i think i'm going to go into the kitchen and make whatever then they would but but our our approach was always this is this is entertainment first and foremost this isn't about well, recipes vis but but visually it was much more interesting right so to me it, it wasn't just we're looking at the front camera the above camera the two you right. know it was more interesting and more fun to watch and it, it opened up a whole all new styles, I think, of cooking shows where people didn't feel restricted. The, um, we, you know, everybody that works on the show, and most of my crew has been with me since we started back in uh, the pilot episodes in 97. Um, we oh, all wow. came either from movies or commercials. So um, having a, um, a vibrant visual um, language and visual style was, was always something that was wired into the show. Uh, the way we figured yeah. it is that, you know, we were talking about the MTV generation. You know, you got to have right. something to look at or people aren't going to pay attention. 
Um, and so yeah. that was always something that was, was, was kind of built into the, uh, built into the DNA of the show was that it needed to be visually interesting. It didn't have to be pretty. Yeah. And in fact, the food very often, we, we didn't, we didn't put that much special attention into the food. It'd be like, okay, you light a room. There's a table in the room. You put the food on a table. It was none of that. Okay, <laughs> now we're going to light. We're going to bring in the lights for the right. food. And we're gonna... <laughs> Nobody was making love to a sandwich, okay? Uh, right. Because in yeah. real life, food looks like the food. Um, but, but we did put and still continue to put a lot of attention into the overall look of things. So thank you for noticing. Do you, do you remember it, the... it means a lot to me. Of course. Do you remember the, do you remember the Galloping Gourmet? Of course. Sure. So, yeah. so when I, I remember as a kid, that was one of the newer things because he would walk away from his kitchen and go and sit yep. down. You know, that's, yep. that was like a new thing. And that's, they I guess that's what wall. I'm saying is that, yeah, it needed, cooking shows needed something new and exciting. And I think that's what you have created for so many people now that people get to experience and opened it up, you know. You know, the, the other thing that, that helps now okay. is that technology is, is changed so much. Technology has changed so that people can, can do whatever they want with cameras. We're only limited by, you know, time, money, and creativity. Right. But thank yeah. you for yeah. noticing all that. I appreciate that. You know, while I've got you here, I, I just wanted to ask you a question. I, I've been preparing for a picnic here, and I've got this circular watermelon, and I can't quite figure out how to bite into it. I'm wondering if you know a place I can maybe find information on how to attack so, a disc of watermelon. So I'm, He's I'm always eating. I, I, I'm guessing. I, I'm guessing that you saw my my Instagram story from yesterday <laughs> or my uh, my YouTube video. Um, oh, is there I, one? No, I didn't. But that's oh, interesting. Really? What? What? What is you that? guys are messing with me? Um, <laughs> so yeah, so so I started using the wire, a wire cheese cutter to uh, to take the rind off of my watermelon. It works great, and um, and it yeah. keeps you from having to smash your face directly into uh, the watermelon. <laughs> Some people use dental floss, and I've never been able to figure out, you know, the whole dental floss thing. I'm like, I can't, I can barely floss my teeth, much it. less floss a watermelon. I, I, yeah. how am I supposed to hold that? So I, I tried it and I only made a mess. The, my only favorite, more favorite way to break out a watermelon is to just punch, uh, cut a hole in the end, stick a, um, an immersion blender into it and just blend the entire thing inside the, the shell and nice. then just pour it out. Or pour nice. out part of it and then refill it with vodka. You know, oh, depending, oh, on, okay. yeah. depending on what you're doing yeah. that weekend. Well, I won't <laughs> give away the real way because I'll encourage people to go to your Instagram page to find out for themselves. Well, it was um, on a story, so it's probably gone now. It's, it may be on YouTube, though. I, I oh, think I put it on my YouTube okay. channel. I, I put it on my YouTube channel. That's that's where it is. I, I I wanted to ask you that my grand our grandmother, who we called Nanny, she was a great cook. Nanny. My mother, our my mother was a great cook. My you know everybody, I'm sure we all love our family's recipes. But um, something that I always was I thought was really interesting was she. My, our grandmother, Rose, she would go to the store and always pick something she never tried, right? So she really? made it a point to, yeah, she would make it a point to try a fruit she had never seen before or a vegetable she had And she was, and I just wondered, is, you know, is that something like, have, do you feel like you've tried everything out there? Are there always new things or things you no. are looking forward to no. trying or? Oh my gosh, there, no. there are always new things and 
Um, more and more things are available. You know, we've got more food stuffs available to us than any culture in any generation has ever had before. And there's a market even pretty close to where I live that uh, opened up a couple of years ago that brings in massive amounts of, of, of produce from, uh, from the Caribbean and from South America. And I'll, you know, just as soon as I think I've seen it all, I'll go in and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I've literally gone up to this, like, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, I'm standing in the, in the market, like market, you know, Googling, <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell is that? Yeah. You know, or you'll see yeah. some fish, you know, and there's some fish in the right. tank. And I'm like, that, that's what? not natural. That, that I've never seen that before. So no, I still see stuff all the time. Yeah. I it's love that practice you had. You made me think of this, uh, the way you're describing that. A lot of the gadgets and things or the creative ways you <clears throat> you use food, does that are you doing kind of a Ben Franklin y thing where you're, you know, creating out of necessity, inventing out of necessity? You look at something and say, I need this that way, so how is it gonna happen? Yeah. Nine nine times out of no. 19 times out of 20, it's exactly that. I'm just looking around wanting to get something done uh, and I'm too cheap to go buy a tool just to do it. So I start looking around, you know, the kitchen or I'm looking in the garage or whatever to just try to figure out how I can get what I want done, done. So yeah, it's it's definitely um, um, necessity that being the mother of invention, for sure. Yeah, cool. Does, um, the, um, is there a dish, ahead, is there a dish that, when people, uh, they you know when people say, my when I'm come when I come over, I want you to real I want you to make this dish. Is there like a favorite Alton dish that people often request from you when they come over? Do they say, can you are you going to make that? Can you make that for us? Actually, Gosh, let me ask you this. No one's let ever me, asked me that. All right, let me ask you this: Is there a favorite dish that Elizabeth likes that you make, and is there a favorite dish that Elizabeth makes that you love? Um, my wife is, uh, an amazing salad maker. I adore salads, but my salads, I, I'm not a, I'm not a good maker. I don't have the touch and she can huh. seemingly like take, go out in the yard, get some old leaves off the ground, get some sawdust, <laughs> um, maybe, you know, sweep the floor and take that. And then she takes that <laughs> and a lemon and, and it, and it appears on a plate. I'm like, holy crap, that's the best salad I've ever had in my life. So absolutely. When it comes to, um, Elizabeth's cooking salad is, is uh, the best thing. And she's got a really good way with vegetables. I, on the other hand, Elizabeth would say that if, if it has lived and died yes. walking, yeah. uh, if, if it is a terrestrial animal, <laughs> that's yeah. my, that's my thing. And I wish that I was a vegetarian. It's just, I'm really good at cooking pigs. Um, and I love cows oh. and chickens and yeah. things like that. So mm. I'm a, I'm a I am a cooker of meats, and I feel bad. There about she it. is. Oh, there she is now. Speaking of Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Yeah. we're on the podcast. Hi. How you doing? She's been. She's been. Asking. She's been down. Can you hear me? They can't hear. No, she can't hear you. Because oh. here, you can shove All this right. in your ear, and they'll hold on. Can I just ask her? I just want to ask her, what's her favorite thing that you cook for her? Say that again. What's I wanted to ask her, what's her favorite thing that you cook for her? Um, Do you have a a favorite thing that he cooks for you? Yeah, well, many, but as of late, he's been perfecting his grilled chicken. 
chicken? Last year, we don't have an oven. We don't have, yeah, it's a grilled chicken. We just buy this really wonderful organic. You gonna pay me? <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> no, it's true story. No, I mean he was just like, oh, I'm just gonna grill a chicken now, and we found these really great sort of. Happy, happy chickens. I smoke chickens very, very well. Yeah. But it's so hard to listen oh. to their little coughs. You know, you put them in yeah. and you close the lid and you hear the little. <laughs> oh, oh. And they're hard to roll into papers, too. Yeah, that's it's hard to roll chicken in paper. You know, yeah. we're, we're German, though. We're it's German. The, it's yeah. the Cheech and Chong chicken. Yeah. yeah, it's the yeah. Yeah, Cheech and Chong That's chicken. a great name. Yeah, you have to get really good papers. But it's just on a. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. C C C. We'll, we'll raise them on cannabis and then smoke them. Oh, that would be. What would taste like? CBD chicken. That's it. CBD wonder, chicken. We could make a fortune. Uh, Sorry, guys. I gotta go. No. You gotta do. Oh. <laughs> no, no, because we gotta go work on the CBD chicken. CBD chicken. Yeah, CBD chicken. All right. I was yes. just telling them how, right. how good your salads are. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I don't, I don't, he was. We don't eat a lot of salad, but when when do we make them? You're very good. They're really good. So <laughs> she's a good cook. Uh, Met with the chicken. We're, we're, I think we're going to, I'm so glad you walked up. That's so cool. I think we're going to, unfortunately, I think it's time for us to go, Alton. This has been wonderful. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it very much. Next time I'll bring my twin brother. I don't have a twin brother, but I'll find somebody. <laughs> to play a twin brother. But I am going to send you. I'll make, I'll make, make another puppet itself. I'll make myself. Everybody can also see this lovely couple if they watch the kitchen the quarantine kitchen episodes. Yes, you can you can watch my wife waterboard me with Uzo and and other various liquors. Not to be repeated. And become its own its own Good Eats Return, Good Eats Reloaded, your live tour. We didn't get to talk about that. We didn't get to talk about your live That's next year. That's next year. That's next year. New, new, right. new live show next year, and new episodes of Good Eats: The Return and Good Eats Reloaded uh, later this year in the fall and winter. I heard rumors and about so the scabs saga. Yeah. yeah, the what, Jane? I heard about a new series, the about scabs the saga. Oh, we're not scabs saga. She's she's here. Um, scab. Scab. The scab. She's talking about our 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 few um, our blue eyed uh, rescue. I know you guys need to go, but now that you've roused her, you at least have to. Uh, yeah, she, she's got her own line of projects. She's got she's got her own line of products now. And oh my God. Um, yeah, there 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 she is. Hi, Scavigail. What's going on? Um, hey, so um, yeah, so she's she's gonna have a major motion picture coming up here shortly. Wow. If you guys can make a Muppet of her, if I could have a Muppet of her, it would be a lot easier. She's kind of a Muppet. Uh, well, you know what? We have we have two guests coming on. Maybe we can get the design going and and the puppet going. We'll see. We'll have to ask them. Well, thanks for having us on, guys. Have a great rest of the show. Thank you so much for Thank coming you so on. Much. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Bye, Elizabeth. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, well, that was fun. That was awesome. I, I could talk about him with food all day long. I had to like hold myself back all from just day, going. All of the night. <clears throat> Seriously, like I could just I could just talk yeah. about cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking. I just love it. But I can't. Why didn't I ever 
learning to cook? Was it just because there were too many good cooks in the family? And so there was no point in me getting near the stove? I don't know. Well, I don't I became know. A good I mean, cleaner. you cleaned. I like to get in there, I guess. I don't know. I, maybe because I was, <laughs> maybe because I was in there and you thought, oh, he's cooking. What? You cleaned. Cleaner? <laughs> just the way you said that. You cleaned. But no, like, if, well, so maybe like, for example, if I was in school, in elementary school, and I pretended yeah. I was sick, I knew that Nanny would come and pick me up. And she knew I probably wasn't sick, but she would come and pick me up because mom was working and she would bring me home and we would make raviolis or something. So it was always right. like, you know, I think I was just always yeah. cooking with them. I don't know. It was just, I was interested. I never, I never picked it up. I don't know what to, what to do. I don't know anything. You, I don't you make I, eggs. I don't. You make <laughs> I can eggs. crack an egg. Crack I eggs. Heat. Yeah. Um, you make clean. ice, water ice. Yeah, I do. Frozen water ice. <laughs> All right. Let's bring on our friends, our buddies, our pals. Do we, can you, can you hear me? Oh, no. Uh-oh. Can't hear Gene. Um, well, in the meantime, while you're, whatever's happening, uh, I'm going to start. Oh, there you are. You there? For some reason, my, the mic changed on me. I don't know why. I was just telling right. people, though, that uh, you're going to really love next week's show. Guess who we've got? Oh. Mr. Danny Trejo. <laughs> who's got a, a new documentary on on out now um called inmate number one that's really cool and uh can't wait to talk to him and that's coming he's next week yeah he's got a book he's, he's got all he's always busy that's all he does is Tejo tacos constantly. right oh god Trejo's Trejo's tacos, tacos. Not Tejo. yeah but he has um, yeah he has this place out here in la i think he has two places out here in la and uh, he's going to come and talk. He's such a lovely guy. We've worked with him. I, I had a chance to work with him many times. Whenever we're doing a Muppet project and we're thinking about celebrities, one of the first things that everybody goes is, is Danny Trejo available? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's cool. All so, right. Yeah. But All right. We've got, we've got guests just out the wazoo today. We do. We have, here, I'm just going to read this because it's impressive. We okay. have... Art director, puppet designer, and builder, sculptor, Muppet supervisor for Sesame Street, and VP of the Muppet Workshop, Ed Christie. He has worked on almost all Henson TV and film projects, including The Muppet Show, Fraggle Rock, and all the Muppet movies. He's with us. Gene, you want to introduce Ed? I've sure. <clears throat> Our second Ed, because two Eds are better than one, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> award-winning... <laughs> Award-winning creative director, designer, sculptor, and visual arts educator, Ed Eith. He's worked on such films as Back to the Future 2, The Rocketeer, Hook, Men in Black, and of course, he's worked with the Muppets and the Jim Henson Company. So, would you please welcome Ed Christie and Ed Eith. Come on, guys, hey. join us. Hey, greeting. Hey, guys. How are you guys? We're I'm well. so happy you're here. 
Yeah, I, thanks I, for the I'm invite. So sorry about that. It didn't go. We didn't. We weren't able to get you on. So sorry about that. That was. But fun. you're here now. Yeah, that was exciting stuff. Well, welcome, welcome. Well, thanks. Ed, Ed, um, Ed Eith, would you like to start the show by singing the SpongeBob SquarePants song for us? Oh, sure. oh. I had a feeling you were going to go there, weren't you? Did you? <laughs> Are you ready, kids? Yeah. yeah! No, I'm gonna do it. All right, you don't have to do yeah. it. Bring all, bring all back. This is getting bad already. <laughs> well, we're we're really excited to have you guys on for lots of reasons. I mean, there's so many things to cover here, and I I just always like to start. And I guess we'll we'll kind of if it's okay, we'll bop back and forth between you know you guys back and forth a bit. Kind of what we did with Frank and Dave worked out nice. We tried to kind of find the, the balance, but just to, you know, we want to obviously hear from both of you. So um, I, I like to start well, with early. Yeah. Can I make a suggestion? Just, you know, we've got two Ed's, so why don't you call Ed, we'll get the Ed name and I can be uh, a designer extraordinaire or something like that, just to keep it. Gotcha. Oh, oh, my separate. name's not here. Oh, I see. Ed and designer call me the Ed without, a, Ed without letters here. I see letters. <laughs> Uh, but but actually, I want to oh, right. I want to go. I'm going to start with that, Mr. Christie, if I may. Um, and and you know what? Can we go to the gallery for a moment, JT? And can we have a look at C zero, please? And Ed, maybe you could tell us about this kid. Oh boy! All right. Who is well, that? Um, that's me on the floor in yes. front of the couch in the living room. Uh, <laughs> yes. Probably four. How old are you? Probably Four? Probably four. But yeah. That's not, I didn't make that puppet. That was my older brother's puppet that he made in Cub Scouts. He made it? probably stole. My older oh. brother made that. It's paper mache. Uh, really? And, uh, yeah. Is that the, was that like, is that somebody that you kind of, that inspired you a bit to do something like that? Like, was that where you first saw a puppet made? Um. Probably the first one I've seen made. Um, I used to collect yeah. the uh, the vinyl headed puppets, you know, with the cloth bodies, you know, Batman, right. and Superman, and um, yeah, uh, gener generic ones. And I had a cardboard puppet theater. And uh, but this is the probably my first exposure to something that was handmade as a puppet. Yeah, so I credit my older and, brother and for that, I guess. Well, yeah, right. And how much older was he than yeah. you? He's five. How much years older? older. Five years Five older. Years. Wow, that's a, that's a very cool puppet he made. Yeah, yeah it is. I, th I guess it's it's probably a wolf or something Cub Scout related. It's my yeah. guess. Yeah, I should have asked them before coming on. And so you grew up in Brooklyn? No. Or were you born in Brooklyn? I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, born grew in up Brooklyn. on Long Island in a right, town called right. Elmont, where Belmont Racetrack is. First town ah. out of Jamaica, Queens. And, okay. uh, cool. and I was there my whole life, you know, and through high school until I went away to college. Italian American. Was this an early? Family? Oh, yeah. Sorry. My father, my father's <laughs> Nabilitan and my mother's Sicilian. <laughs> Sicilian and Nabilitan? Oh, my gosh. A volatile combination. Wow. <laughs> so we were just talking about this. We were just talking about this. So did you learn how to cook watching the family? 
Um, somewhat. I didn't. I didn't stand by. Probably by osmosis. I didn't really stand by uh, the kitchen and, and watch them cook. Although my father did most of the cooking. Um, well, he was. My mother did most of the cooking. My father was the better cook. Um, and he claims that she can only boil water when he married her, but that's an exaggeration. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know, the grandparents, watching the grandparents. So it's, it's right. kind of just osmosis or instinctive, you know, it's all, it's kind of in there, you know? Yeah. And uh, Mr. Ith, can we go back to the chat, JT? Mr. Ith? Um, yeah, I was about you... to interrupt you guys. I, I wanted to ask because Gene told me, you know, I'm reluctant to do interviews and things like this, but Gene said it's a vodcast. So I thought, you know what? I am up for a vodcast. So um, how does this work? <laughs> is, there like a, is there like a trigger word or something? We should probably do That's Muppet. It. Every time the word got Muppet. It. Let's go yeah, for it. You're on my first one. Everybody pick up. Let's go. Pour some on my watermelon here, please. <laughs> oh, got it. That's good. Awesome. All right. Nice. Vodcast. What a Very great good. idea. And, and okay. where, where, where were you? Born and raised, Mr. Ice. Where are you from? Uh, and how old were you when you had your first drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the first drink was probably, oh. uh, I don't know, my kids are watching. I can't say that. No. <laughs> it's probably 18, Pittsburgh, 19. I know you're Sneaking Pittsburgh. out of high school. Yeah. Grew up in the Berg. Right. Go Steelers. Right. Go Penguins. Like I'm in the sports. Yeah. So you ever cross paths um, with Mr. Rogers? I didn't, but God, what a great guy. I remember when I was living in New York and I saw Esquire magazine with, you know, Fred Rogers on it as man of the year. And I thought, I immediately thought it was like a, you know, a satire or something. I thought, that's cruel. He's such a cool guy. Why would you do that to him? But it turns out he was on, he was a man of the year. And justifiably so. Have you, you guys have seen his documentaries, right? I, I spent a day with him. I spent a day with him uh, once out there. So, yeah, wow. he's a really special man. Yeah, I, I cried at his documentary. I want to be Fred Rogers. I mean, Me too. I, I think my, um, we, I think loving and kindness is the new badass for me. Absolutely. Oh, so I, yeah. I've always felt that. Go, Fred. Rest this in is, peace. I'm doing. A, here's an imitation of my son sitting at the movie with me at the Mr. Rogers movie with me. Is he crying? <laughs> Are you okay? Is he crying? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. I was just emotional breakdown. Yeah. Moving sure. documentary. <laughs> uh, Ed Ice, Mr. Ice. I'm gonna do yeah, we'll we'll figure out a way here. But yeah, have another okay. shot. Oh, Muppet. I said Muppet. You got to take another shot. Um, Good enough. What? You have brothers and sisters? Were you raised? What size? What kind of size family did you have growing up? Um, can we check the chat and see if anybody's interested in this? No, oh, yeah. I, uh, uh, I had an older sister. <laughs> I had an older sister. That's it. I wish I had a brother like you. You guys just seem to get along. Like, is there no sibling rivalry here? Do you guys? No. How does that it's happen? Just, it's for the show. It's for the show. I yeah, it's it. all for the show. He's an ass. You should, yeah, you should release the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So, all right. We're not going to talk too much about the child. That's, that's cool. Um, so, so, uh, well, I guess I want to go back to Mr. Christie again, because before you became a designer, were you, well, let me ask you this. Were you always interested in design and art? Because I, I feel like you, 
there's a, a mention of uh, during college you were a singing waiter. Were you more? Were you? Did you want to be an actor? What? Were you interested I never in that side that. of? Yeah, a very yeah. bad wow. singing waiter. Bad waiter, <laughs> decent singer. Were um, you more interested in performing? No, I mostly, well, in high school, um, I I was part of the you know the high school musical scene. You know, it's spring musicals, and I probably was in everyone I could be in. And uh, then that also spilled over into summer theater, you know, for youth, youth summer theater, stuff like that. Um, yeah. And then, you know, my parents weren't thrilled about that because that took away from my studies. So uh, yeah. it was discouraged. So, ah. Uh, 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 so my father uh, used to say, and, but, but my father used to say, you're still doing that acting shit? <laughs> <laughs> that's what my father <laughs> And that's Even the from him up. Even Which was, was a broad, episode. yeah, it's just a broad yeah. description of anything in the arts for us. <laughs> yeah, but in exactly. a loving way. It was, it was in a loving way, though. It wasn't him. He wasn't being a tyrant or anything, you know. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But um, and then while I was doing that, I was always uh making things as a kid. You know, I was making all right, uh, little clay sculptures and a lot of coloring books. Went through a lot of coloring books. So, you know, it was all part of uh, who I was. And then um, when I went to college, I also did some more theater stuff. And um, then I had to work a little bit. So I found this restaurant that had singing waiters. And <laughs> what was it, was it called? The Jolly Bull. The Jolly Bull. In Jolly Bull in Hadley, Massachusetts, right outside of UMass, where I went to school and um i was a horrible horrible uh, waiter i would get like nickel tips <laughs> honestly and uh people would wait 45 minutes to an hour for their meals because i just wanted to get up there and sing so right, uh, right. That's, that was that was that and um and while i was there i was doing sculpture and stuff like that in, in college and so uh -huh. i you know, got my bf mm -hmm. i got my bfa from there and um, right. then I went to, then I went to Henson. Yeah, I'd like to jump that, ahead if we can. Henson. Just to, do you want you have another question about the youth? Because we have in the time we have, I want well, to I jump want... into the work that they're doing professionally so we can. No, you know. no, absolutely. I, I just want to find out yeah. if uh, or Mr. Eith kind of his inspiration for being an artist, if there was someone in particular or someone you aspired to be as a young guy that you wanted to do this sort of thing. Yeah, I'm in the fortunate positions of being one of those people that um, from as far back as I can remember, I drew and I always knew what I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to be a Disney animator and I wanted to you know, work in uh, well, animation primarily in the beginning. So, um, but that didn't pan out, right. but I ended up working in film and that is pretty much uh, close to the same thing. And you don't have to draw Goofy's leg for six months. So, uh, <laughs> didn't get... well, you know, yeah. when we were kids, Gene was always drawing in the sunroom. If we went to the beach, we go to Ocean City, New Jersey. I would go to the beach, and Gene would draw, and I, I would, I could watch him forever, drawing. You know, notice um, my complexion. And he would just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. But same, Ed. He was just from the earliest age. He was always into drawing, like you. Wanted to be an animator for Disney. The same thing, actually. And Gene, didn't you find when you were drawing, you were like in your own little world, you get to create everything the way you want? Or is there an element of control where you're just like, you make everything and it's- uh, Absolutely, and my mom, it's just the, the hours. Mom, oh yeah, you get in the flow. 
But my mom used to pat me on the head and show her the drawing. Oh, that's really great. And then fast forward like 30 years, and I'm doing drawings for Steven Spielberg, and he's not really patting me on the head, but he's going, oh, that's great. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm, I'm still seven. I'm still doing the same thing I was doing at seven. But oh, right. So, yeah, so wow. talk about that for a second. Yeah. So you worked, on, you worked on Hook with him, right? Was, was that the yeah. one film, or were there others that you did with him? Um, you know, with his company, I did a few more. I did Arachnophobia. That's the only one I did with him. I did six months of storyboards oh. with him. So, yeah. Can you say something about that experience working with him? Oh, he's just, it's wonderful. I mean, the first day I was there on the job, he walks in in his flannel shirt and, hey, I'm Steven, as if he had to, you know. And I was like, you know, this is like a, a meeting for you. This is like a career highlight for me. I always wanted to work for you and blah, blah, blah. But he was just the most down to earth, nicest guy. And yeah, you could uh, wow. I'll tell you some stories. Easy to work the, with. The design? Oh, God, yes. I mean, obviously, yeah. you don't want to cross paths with her. You don't, you don't want to disagree with them. But he knows what he's doing. Why would you? Oh, but your mean, job on that vision, show was vision. what? Oh, sorry. So I was just going to say your job on that was to design or to what was your specific role there? Well, you know, it's an interesting story because I love doing design. Storyboards, not so much. But I interviewed with the design, the production designer. And he said, great, when can you start? And I said, Monday, I'm walking out of the art department as Steven's walking in, so he introduced himself, I showed him my book, and after he closed the book, he said, uh, do you want to do storyboards with me? And I thought, you know, I'm a designer at heart, but how many opportunities do you get to work? And, you know, at the time, he was just the prince of Hollywood, so I said, yeah, I'll do storyboards. But I have to tell you, after yeah. six months of storyboards, which is like, hook, Peter, Peter, hook, hook, Peter, drawing these things <laughs> over and over, it's like, yeah, I was ready to move on to something else and do some design work. Right. How cool, though. Ed, who's How the puppet behind you, that red-haired guy? That looks like a, is that like a ventriloquist dummy oh, or me? something? That looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, who's that behind you? Um, that's that's a, a puppet I did for the Kennedy Center production, 2007 production of the Kennedy Center uh, musical Carnival. Uh, oh, I don't so know if you remember stage. them. It, so, yeah. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Lily with Leslie Caron. Uh, it's about an orphan who joins a carnival, and she can we go to the gallery, GG? Act. Oh, so I got to search that. I want to see him perform, please. Is he a ventriloquist? Yeah, you know, or just a little... no, no, no. He's oh, a okay. he's a oh, he's a he's... puppet. Sweet. Uh, how'd you do that? Did you sculpt him out of wood? Or... Uh, looks like wood, clay, doesn't he? Clay sculpt. It was a clay sculpt, uh, and I had him made into a. Uh, a silicone mold that into a silicone mold and then that was made into carbon fiber so it's really it's really lightweight uh the director oh uh wanted the characters to look like uh, a, a hard carved puppet character as opposed to a soft muppety thing and he's got um, mouth and eyelids his eyes don't work it's just his mouth uh, just his mouth oh he's super cool and a very obvious very obvious pu puppet rod so that the audience yeah. was Oh, right. audience can see that he's got a rod as opposed to yeah right. muppets were always trying to hide the rods but, um, <laughs> right. carrot top yeah and if you see in the in the photo there there's uh carrot top there's renardo the, the fox uh horrible henry the um walrus and walrus. the diva the diva is uh marguerite precursor of this <laughs> baby. and yeah, uh, we, we, it's we, great great show Show some more Ed stuff. He's good. 
Well, wait, wait. We, well, we had an idea. We, we had an idea that we would ask you guys to pick a number, right? So, for example, Ed Eith, if you could pick, pick a number between 0 and 24. 3 is my lucky number. E3, please. Oh, huh? Look at that. It's a tell muffin. Us, tell us about... <laughs> I need one too, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even recognize. Tell us that. about Spamala Henderson. That wasn't me. Can we do something else? No, that was that uh, was you. Yeah. No, I came into work one Monday morning, and there was a, uh, a message on my voicemail from Ed Christie, saying, "Ed, we need you to design a voluptuous puppet really fast." You know, and I hung up, turned off the machine. And I thought to myself. What other company in the world would I get an assignment designed a voluptuous pig really fast? So I sat there all morning drawing pigs. It's, you know, this one got approved, and then uh, Ed's Christie team, Ed Christie's team, who you know, the builders that Ed um, managed are like you give them a napkin sketch and they turn it into something museum quality. So that was Pamela Hamderson. But the cool, yeah. the follow up to this story is a few years later, I was watching MTV and they were doing a a Pamela Anderson retrospective and somebody said, Hey, did you know that the Muppets did a, you know, and they showed it. She says, yes, I was very flattered. Oh, wow. That's okay. cool. Oh, that's cool. Hey, how did, how yeah. did that work? Ed, Christy. So there was also, aside from Andy and Randy, there was also yeah. the, um, David Hogselhoff, uh, character. How do you hand out who's or, or determine like, who's going to do a design for which? So Ed did the design for Spamala. Was there somebody else you said, oh, they should try doing the David Hogselhoff character? How does that work? Well, we're, talk we're talking about Muppets Tonight, right? Is that, is that yeah, what this is right. From? Muppets Tonight? Yeah. Um, you remember? It was the, like, was pretty they were the beach. That was pretty, uh, pretty slapdash uh, brainstorming period for us. Uh, we, we, we had a lot of people doing a lot of designs in the shop and, and, just collecting them and, and presenting them to, I don't right. know who made the ultimate decision on this, but as far yeah. as who builds what puppets, um, there were certain, there were certain, a whole bunch of people, there were, you know, 18 people in the shop, some of them technicians, yeah. some of them, uh, some of them uh, sculptors, many costume designers. And yeah. everyone had certain penchant, like there might be somebody who was really good with caricature. So we would yeah. just look at the drawings and say, who would be the best person to do this caricature type character? And there might be somebody right. who is um, more uh, aligned with very abstract shapes and, and crazy things like, like Pepe, you know, Pepe being yeah. this strange thing on a stick, you know? And mm -hmm. so we'd give it to one of our more abstracted minded people to, to come up with that. So it was, and then if somebody was really good with the cute and cuddly stuff, then we'd give that right. assignment to that person instead, you know? So there was a, so a right. wide so range a sense that we can pick from. You have a sense of people's I, styles I, that you've seen or you're yeah. familiar with and you think, oh, they'd be good for it. Let's, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I and a question to be frank, that. to be frank, I didn't, I didn't do the assigning of the puppet characters to people. Uh, Tim Miller, who was the head of the uh, puppets uh, division, specifically as opposed to technical and as or costuming he would have that, right. that insight 
but that's how we did it. Okay. Got it. Right. Among, among all of the, the different characters that have been designed over the years, are there certain um, signature physical characteristics that all the Muppets share, like some foundational, you know, we hear about Muppets. the magic triangle and all of that, but, uh, you know, there's some foundational. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Sorry. Are you guys, gonna, are right. you guys not doing this? Yeah. All right. So, um, what have you got? I don't know, oh, wait, Gene. Gene, what do you say? He's porn again. I, I would say in the early years, <laughs> I would say in the early years of of, of Muppets, there would be more uh, a foundation of of what the how the characters started or how they evolved. But as the years went on, later on, you know, Henson, Henson, the company, was trying so yeah. many different styles, whether it be Bear in the Big right. House or at one point, Jim Henson wanted us to go to, sent us to the Metropolitan Museum of Art to look at primitive sculptures so that we would come up with these wacky, strange, primitive type of abstract characters. So yeah. to say that there's a foundation, I don't know. The only foundation I can say is that it was the human hand and what's going to work on that human hand, you know, whether it be mm. something bizarre, long, short, uh morphed into something odd all based on the hand and of course as, as you guys know that that's the basis for a good puppet you know it is something that's engineered around the hand but also right. i right. took so, I, I learned pretty early sorry, that you know whenever i designed whenever i designed a puppet i learned pretty early take your sketches to ed before you show them to anybody because ed would look at it and say you know what you can't have a puppet whose head is a foot tall because when you go to you know Puppeteer, its head's going to be doing this, and then he'd, he'd look at the sketches and just, you know, politely slap me upside the head and say, oh, "Nice drawing, but you can't make that happen." <laughs> so, um, but is yeah, I think the thing that impressed me you is caught on like, quickly. When, when you say that like half the people in your workshop were hired by Jim, they had that long kind of tenure that you did that actually worked with Jim. Would I say that half of them? were hired by Jim? Is that the question? Yeah, have the heritage of having worked with Jim or back in the gym days. Because there was a lot of people with well, Tim. I, there. I was there I was there in seventy I was there in seventy eight as the newbie. So uh by then it was like the, it was Don Celine and Carolee Wilcox and the real and Foz and all the real strong uh and Larry Jameson and Raleigh, all the real strong uh people who who started the look of all the puppets yeah. and by the time 15 years had passed it was a whole new breed of people and uh and again a lot of them came after jim passed away during right. during my tenure anyway so all right let me let me and, let it me was, jump and it's all quick. based on tradition too because let's do ed pick a number between one and 24 ed oh. ed christie 15. 15 please Oh. Uh, Sammy the Snake. Yes. Uh, Carol Channing. Carol Channing, which uh, a lot of people may not know, Ed. He was a very excited. I loved Carol. <laughs> <laughs> she was wonderful. This is Sammy the Snake. <laughs> what was that for? Is that Sesame? Well, you can, you can, you can. Go on YouTube and find this. It's it's, oh. it's a, a take on the Hello Dolly song, and it's Hello Sam, oh. and okay. it's Sammy the Snake. Uh, 
performed by Jim Henson. And it's oh. one of the one of the characters I designed and built for that show. Wow. And it's a great how was that, and all, how was and that all the, worked? Where was his hand uh, in that? Blue, you see you see blue screen. Blue right? screen? So first okay, gotcha. so we start with that. Jim's behind her. Actually Reaching around that way. He may not even be he may not even for this photo, he may not even be in this in this picture, but right. he would be yeah. behind her in a blue costume and his arm would be uh just under the chin as close to the head as possible and the rest of the right. rest of the uh body would had rods in various points of the length of the body so there would be other puppeteers you know doing the um you know doing the, the, body. the wiggling and stuff and and he had to form right. shapes like s for his name and things like that all right but it was all right, against right. blue screen it's on youtube awesome. find right, it. When... sammy carol channing Let's. I'm gonna. We're gonna do some rapid fire because I think people really want to see some of this stuff. Okay, Ed, Ed Ithe, give me a number between nine, one and twenty-nine, please. Ah, tell us about this, Mr. Ithe, if you can. Well, I had. Uh, I worked for the Henson Company for nine years, and in '04, um, I. Quit working at Henson so I could pursue some of my own artwork and uh, occasionally did some work for them. But then one day out of the blue, I got a call in about, was it 2016, 17 from Brian? He said, I'm doing a new film called Happy Time Murders. Do you want to design some characters? And, got, you know, any opportunity to design puppets is just, I'll drop whatever I'm doing, and especially to work with you guys and Brian and everything. So I got the script for Happy Time Murders and I read it and I just thought, oh my God, this is just going to, you know, this is going to be like, uh, you know, it's going to break a lot of boundaries, particularly for, you know, Henson and the puppets and everything, which I thought was pretty cool and uh, just admired right. Brian for doing it. But anyway, he said, uh, here's the script, here's the puppets, and I got the design. Vinny, the porn shop owner, Vinny the Vulture, <laughs> and you're seeing the final design, but I usually do about 10 or 20 variations before, you know, we focus on this one. And there's... Uh, wow, wow, really? There's how, so how many of the Vinny? characters from the movie? How many did you design from the movie? Vinny, uh, Vinny the, the, bull, the bulldog, right? Uh, the bulldog. Who I got to do? Then, uh, Lyle. Oh, Lyle, right? Yeah. What the hell? What the hell do we have those? Junkyard. We have pictures. Junkyard. Junkyard, right? Uh, I think we have Junkyard. There we go. Oh, yeah, there he is. Yeah, wow, he turned out a little different than this, but that's, that's what I was hoping for. But yeah, Lyle, I thought, was cool. Really well. Yeah, Lyle. Let's, oh, we have yeah. Lyle, too. Can you see Lyle in there, uh, JT? Uh, he's uh, real quick. He's seven. He's seven. I think Lyle was fun because he had to age through the film, so I had to do a young Lyle and an old Lyle. So that's the uh, that's the older. Oh Lyle. yeah, can can you throw up E six real quick, please? <laughs> There's his aging, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, you usually you have to do variations like what what would his hairstyle look like, and uh, so that's yeah. the old, the younger Lyle with his L.A. gangster look. <laughs> awesome. All right, Mr. Christie, let's have yes, a number, please. A number Oi, again. Um, eight. Oh, you're Jewish too? You're a Nabutan, you're Sicilian, and you're Jewish? Actually, my brother did the DNA thing, oh. and we have Middle Eastern in our, us too. That's oh, no the Sicilian. Oh, wow. Because the Sicilians, right. you know, they did everything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Literally. This is an elephant from Sesame Street. So is cool. this a Joey Mazzarino uh, character? Yes. 
It is a Joey right? Mazzarino character. Although when I when I designed and built him, it was only his top half, and then they decided to. I guess oh. Joey decided he'd like to do it a full figured character. So then, after I had already left, they had um. Gave oh, him a full I body. see. Hey, I have a question That's about great. elephants. Aren't they hard to design? Are they like? Is that a hard face to design because of the trunk? Well, the the the, the puppet problem we always came across and uh, was that because of the trunk you can't see his mouth move. Right. And you know you want to see you want to see a puppet's mouth moves uh, to buy into it. You know. So. Right. Uh, it was always a, always tricky. Uh, there was a puppet I think on the Jim Henson hour oh, or Seymour. maybe it was puppets tonight. Seymour. Seymour, yeah. And he had right. a very, he had a small, he had a very abbreviated, very small trunk because we wanted to see his right. mouth. And, and right, since right, we're right. the Muppets, we can, uh, you know, screw around with the abstraction. So we don't really care. Right. But, but this um, character works, even though his trunk is there. He worked great. Yeah, he was, yeah, <laughs> but he was very broad. In fact, he was made, he was made to be a real elephant, uh, not a comic, no, not a shtick thing like this guy is now. But uh, right. he was made to be a real elephant, so of course he was to look like a real elephant. <laughs> there? Did Ed fall off his chair? He's fine. He's <laughs> good. <laughs> I just did a website on podcast, and I am just embarrassed. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, Sorry, right, guys. Give me, give me a number. Number. Totally different. Uh, let's do another number. Twelve. Fine. 12, 12, please. <laughs> E12. Yeah. There we go. No, oh, that's yeah, me. That's all. I'll take credit for that. No, Ed, Ed I12. Ed I12. <laughs> okay, we're back. Oh, there. Okay. Well, we talked about him. It's junkyard. We talked about him. Just um, do another number. Can I? Yeah, let me, let me just. Okay, yeah, 24. 24. Sorry, 24. You guys need to do a show that's all puppets. How, How cool would this? that be? You mean like the Muppets? Uh, yeah, this was. <laughs> I said it. I said <laughs> Muppets. I said Muppets. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, I just Googled we're going to have to. <clears throat> okay, okay this is actually a here. show for Henson. This is a, a Henson project where they, uh, uh, it didn't come to fruition, but it was about a zoo. And they had to design, you know, design a bunch of animals for the zoo. And I always thought, you know, pandas are well known for not breeding well and i thought what if we had this family of pandas that just are overdoing it like they're breeding way too much so oh that's where i didn't know that wait so wait just... wait how, how are they known for not reading well have they been tested <laughs> who would <Yeah>. know <laughs> breeding breeding jane <laughs> a lot of reading hey can we see c11 i'm just going to run through these guys because i want people to see this stuff Oh, there. Uh, those are uh, the three characters I designed for Sesame Street. Abby you designed all three, right? Rosita. I designed all three of them. Uh, and I initially built Rosita, the very first Rosita. Um, and that's all That's oh, all there is to say about it. But I'm, I'm very happy they're still being used today. Actually, the, the three of the main characters on Sesame Street currently, which as people who watch Sesame Street know that the cast has been culled down considerably. 
but they're still they're still working, which makes me really happy. And certainly the uh, most the famous female, the most famous female characters of the Muppets, I would say, right? I mean, I, I mean, Janice is famous. Three? I'm saying, yeah, these three are probably the most. They have to be the most famous female characters of all Muppets, right? Yeah, Sesame Street Muppets, as opposed to Muppet yeah. Muppets. Sure, sure, but there are. You okay, think I'll about take that. The Muppet, yeah, on the Muppet Show, there's Janice, and then there's. I mean, there aren't a, a ton of female characters, but these three. Oh, there's a. Well, of course, yes, but I'm. You know, these are three no, characters that you designed and created. Why is that? Why? Why are the female characters so hard to come by? I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know if you know. I mean, I'll get in trouble if I even try and discuss this topic. All right. But plead the fifth. Uh, but but I. I think initially it was because whatever the dynamic of the group was or of the right, the original guys and people were having fun doing female characters, even though they were men. But I think over time there have been more, but there certainly could be more, more female performers doing female characters for sure. And sure. There, yeah, there, there are some, I just, you know, the number of kids that have been, you know, so positively influenced by these characters and by Sesame street in general, it's just, it's gotta be pretty gratifying mm -hmm. for you, Ed. Yeah, uh, right, yeah. Ed? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, okay, sorry, here, can we jump to E2 real quick? E.T., I didn't design that. Oh, uh, who's that? that? So I'm being a little selfish, but uh, what, do you remember when they asked you to design this, what, what, what was talked about or anything you guys? It was you guys were I think you were already were you in the middle of Muppets Tonight? But anyway, it was a, I, they wanted a new character for Muppets Tonight, so they said Smooth Lounge Singer Johnny Fiamma, and I did probably six or eight variations, and they went with this one. But the best compliment I got in this puppet was the puppeteer told me that it's the closest to his personality of any puppet he's ever worked with. <laughs> who was that puppeteer? Did you ask? Yeah, but here's so I'm wondering: did, Do you remember? Do you remember I, because I I had problem. We had there was another puppet that we were thinking of using, and I would look at him in the mirror, and I had a really hard time because I used to do Johnny Fiamma as myself. He was a character that I would do with Gene and I. We did these two Fiamma brothers, and so Johnny oh, okay. was a guy that, yeah. So when I looked at in the monitor and I saw this other puppet, I just I couldn't do it. So I asked, is it possible? that maybe someone could, I don't know if you remember this or if anybody shared this with you, I hope so, because it looks kind of what I was thinking, but it was basically a picture of Robert De Niro from Casino. I remember offering that up and I didn't know if that helped anybody in any way and myself. And I don't know if that was something that you used or not, but man, he's just, when I saw him, I was like, okay, I can see, I can hear him. I see him, you know, he's green. I mean, he's an olive, you know, I just loved it. I loved it. You know, and the yeah. one thing I asked for is you can, as you can see in the sketch, I wanted to have like one eyebrow that could go up and one would stay down. So they did the, yeah, things. That's, that did the so much. Eyebrow in there. Yeah. It was, there was really his personality is his eyebrows. There was a rumor Sorry, going around for a while that his name, people were saying, 
we were reading that um, he was named Fiamma because it was the word mafia, an anagram of mafia. But it was not at all. Fiamma came from uh, our mom's cat that was named Fiamma. And that's that's the story of it. It means flame. It means flame in Italian, but but it's spelled with two M's, but we just went with one M. And then I like the idea that it's kind of an anagram for mafia. So I didn't, (laughs) we left it like that. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, Can we go to, sorry, can we go to C-17 for Mr. Christie? Oh. Uh, (laughs) Um, Ventriloquist named Ron Lucas. Great guy. Yes. Uh, I met him in the early 80s, and... um, he had this character that he had built for a children's clothing company, Billy the Kid Clothing. And uh, he asked, and then he wanted out of that situation, and he wanted to take this character for himself. So, of right. course, we had, to, we had to rebuild, redesign the character, which is it's not, uh. it's not there very far off from what he originally was, but we changed him enough so that he would uh, be able to avoid any lawsuits. And um, right. and Ron's taken this character among other characters. You know, he's, he has this great dragon that breathes fire, uh, and so many other things. And he's he's uh, been very popular. He's been in Vegas for a very long time, uh, and he's still using this puppet. And it's been rebuilt by other people since that. But uh, this is what I did in the uh, early '80s for him. And if I remember, I don't think back at that time there were people doing soft ventriloquist puppets, right? Wasn't this kind of a new thing? I like, was I was weirded out. Yeah, I was weirded out that we were doing a, that. This was a ventriloquist puppet because you know, really, you know, I had, I had, you know, this kind of this kind of stuff in my head when I think of ventriloquist puppets, right? The hard right. hard heads, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think, I think he was really early on with this and i think yeah there are some puppeteers now famous puppeteers now that are using soft puppet characters and yeah i don't know their history um but i have a feeling that ron started that or it was really so if we go people copy i want to share something yeah i want to share something with you so if you go back um jt this is in around i don't know in the 80s is there a c Ron Lucas video that you have there, JT? Oh, now look who's in the audience. Oh, you guys are in the audience? Well, wait, here's the story, though. We knew we used to go to this show and do things to get the camera to point at us. So we knew if we laughed extra hard, we'd get on TV. So that's, get a shot. that's the reason for the, uh, <laughs> the young, young Stallone there. So we were connected before Billy <laughs> was even involved with the Muppets. We had a connection to you, Ed. Unbelievable. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Unbelievable. Um, can we uh, can we look at E14? E14, please. Are you guys good for time? Are you okay if we go over? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. I'm good. This is like a bingo, bingo game. Yeah. E14. What do you? Can you tell us about this, Ed, Mr. Ice? Sure. Yeah. Boy, where'd you, this was on my website, I guess, huh? Um, yeah, I was. No, I, I was in your home. 
oh, that explains it. I want to get this back if I can, Bill. Um, yeah, yeah we, Talk about I worked on the film Back, back to the Future. And then uh, because I worked on the film, I was called by Universal Studios when they were doing the ride and said, you know, can you do storyboards for it? So it's just a matter of sort of styling this, uh, the Back to the Future ride for Universal. So you helped stylize the ride? Yeah. And again, they give you a script and you pretty much, um, it's, it's similar to film storyboards. You just storyboard the experience, um, ideally from the guest point of view and, you know, just trying to design things that, uh, that they can create that sort of give it that wow. film back to the future credibility. Yeah. A huge ride. And then, so, and I love that ride or loved it. Did it um, happen? But yeah. Did it, ha it right? did happen? I, I've never been on it. Wasn't it universal back to the future ride? Yeah, Ed, it was I huge. They just closed it down a few never... years ago and people were like, uh, really upset about it. But if it's any consolation that I've worked on it and I never wrote on it, but you can watch videos on YouTube. They've got a video of the whole ride. So it was pretty, it was really well. I done. will. All right. I will. Do you know what can I'm we... curious about? But before you change yeah. that, I read something, Ed, I that you said, um, you were describing the design for Back to the Future 2. You said we were highly motivated to make it so we didn't look like fools in 25 years because we knew that when we see movies like <clears throat> Metropolis, they're speculating about the future and it could be so far off. So how do you approach that? How do you know in advance that you're in safer territory when you're designing the future? Um, well, you know, I, I had just graduated from college when I worked on that film. So I had, you know, been schooled in industrial design and all the, you know, projected technologies that were coming up. And it was just a matter of taking that the next step. Like, how can we move beyond that and project off into the far distant future of 2015? Flying cars <laughs> and hoverboards and all those things. So, yeah, it was just a matter of, uh, you know, and when any filmmaker projects a, f a film into the future, they're always taking a big risk because if you're off, you know, you're going to look like a fool, but if you nail it, and in this case, we had the luxury of it was a comedy, you know, we didn't have to necessarily make it exactly like, uh, you know, how happily it was right. Blade Runner. It was a little more positive. It wasn't quite so dystopian, but yeah, it's just, I was in charge of electronics and Marty McFly's condo and all sorts of fun wow. stuff, but probably the, probably one of the best jobs I ever had sitting in the trailer in the universal lot with like four other designers and just riffing on 2015. Okay. Everybody's got watches and computers, <laughs> wow. computers on their wrist and all this you know, fanciful stuff. Yeah. Do you, are you, are you guys okay? If we do go a little more, are you oh, seriously, are you okay sure. to hang in? Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Fine. So let me just, let me show another thing that I'm really intrigued about. Can you put up E15? I want to just go to another design of Ed Ith. I would love to have been in this park. Can you see oh. that okay with the, I don't know if uh, Ed Christie can see it. It looks a little blurry. I can on see it. It's a little thing. pixelated, but yeah. yeah, it's the it's the Rankin oh, and Bass kind oh, of yeah. uh, theme park, right? Christmas park. What is oh, that? Yeah, I've done some work for some and I did some work for SeaWorld not too long ago, where they had this um, exterior of one of the buildings in uh, on the park where they wanted to sort of style it and theme it for Christmas. And they had the rights to the Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer character. So it was just a matter of wow. styling it for that. <laughs> it's so cool. That's it's cool. so cool. I think that would have been yeah, so much fun. You'd stay with all the Muppet stuff. Okay, let's, um, oh, yeah, oh, there man. you go. Beautiful. Um, JT, should we go back? Let's go back to the lower res because I think we're having a little hard time watching it. Um, can we show? the 
Uh, sorry. Ed Christie and Jim, please. Oh. Video. Now, if, if, if Bernie's going to do the thing and they're sort of going to pop up. I don't know. I, I like them being around in the background. Sort of milling around in the background. Maybe bouncing in time. First to one, you guys Ed, Ed is in the plaid shirt here. Yeah. Doing Ernie's. Yes, that is Jim's but right hand. Look how patient he is. You know, and you come, you know, I about here somewhere. So it's almost like a nice solo. Everybody gets a nice solo. I love this hearing him. Very hot. Chris says he didn't even realize this was a tongue I would cross my mental fingers as I went into that line every time I hit it. I'm at 11 o'clock at night. You're so patient. Kathy Mullen in the front. great yeah good times so cool good times. so was that how how many how many times did you find yourself working with jim in a right hand situation i know you guys were not very many. closely in the workshop not many not many no, at why? all and and, and i'm so <laughs> i'm so freaking grateful that somebody put that on film <laughs> because because you know if i right-handed jim maybe four times in my entire time there. Wow. Uh, and, and, and seriously, it was because they ran out of puppeteers and oh, uh, no. I was, I was rank, I was wrangling at the time. So I was there wow. and Jim said, you know, Jim said, you come over here and let's do this. And um, <laughs> I'm so grateful that's there. You know? I wish I had grandchildren to share it with. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> uh, wow that was that was great and uh you know my i, I performed a little bit on sesame street but but not a lot well um, can i just can you put up c21 C please now this is your first character you made uh, yeah the very first puppet i made designed and, and built for uh, Ernie the Caveman sketch, one of the Ernie the Caveman ah. sketches. I think it was the Caveman. Caveman Ernie invents the toothbrush, and he's he. This thing just rushes in at the very end and scares all the characters away, <laughs> and that and that's <laughs> how right. they ended the scene. Uh, I think actually he 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 brushes his teeth with with the invented toothbrush. All said, right, mm, minty. <laughs> <laughs> But then I hey, got to uh, make another I, one just like it for the Muppet Show, so that was that was good. Oh, all right. Um, can I see yeah. E twenty two, please, and then E twenty one shortly after? I had no idea that you did this, Ed. I didn't either. Oh my god! Beautiful. Well, this I is didn't, your thing. Yeah, yeah, I just did a, a sketch of Kermit <laughs> as Charlie Chaplin for the Chaplin. Uh, 
the Henson Studios on the brand. What do you mean you just did a sketch? You designed this <laughs> beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, well, when you think about somebody had to sculpt it, somebody had to blow it up, somebody had to make a mold, somebody yes. had to, you know, fiberglass. Of course. I didn't do that. <laughs> so to well, give me credit for that, a little, uh, but I'll take credit for but sure. everything's, did everything's Everything's collaborative, right? When it comes through Muppets. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, the, the world yeah. we work in. And without you, it wouldn't be there. I don't think. I think it's your design, Beautiful. and then it moves on, like you said, to other things, right? Uh, um, on my website. So, so Billy, about, is it still well, up there? Is it still oh, there? Yeah. Great. Yes, yes, absolutely. Beautiful. How about E17, please? Can you take credit oh, for cool. this? I'll take credit for that. I'm going to own that one. All right. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? Yeah, after I left Henson, I wanted to be, uh, you know, my repressed urge was to be a figurative sculptor. So I started sculpting in earnest. And uh, long story short, I entered some Olympic competitions. This one won uh, mm. first place award for the national competition. And it represented the United States in the international competition. And so, yeah, it was. Uh, it's beautiful. You know, so, true to really? Thanks. One of my, can e I bring e up while we're just on that? Okay, go ahead. Do that. Sorry, just let me go. E20, yeah. please. <laughs> okay what's that what's that mr ice <laughs> well there was a uh a citywide event in the city of los angeles where you could uh, sponsor an angel and you had to put in you know they were providing people providing artists with these fiberglass angels which you could uh you know paint and some people put mosaics on them and everything else but um the Henson Company right. sponsored one. They asked me to design it, so I thought, what better than to do uh, Beaker as the reluctant angel? So, uh... <laughs> but the so great backstory of this one is um, they selected a percentage of them. I think it was like twenty-five percent of them to auction off at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion in L.A. one night, and uh, this one went to some hotel owner for like six grand. So, wow! I love the sneakers. Yeah, yeah so Jared, let me share one. 13 converse. Are they really 13? Let me just share one more of, of, of uh, Mr. can I get Beautiful. C20, please, JT, C20. Can you tell us about, tell us the story behind this, Ed, Christy? Okay, it's a story. Uh, Macy's Parade, I forgot what year, but it's probably the year uh, that the uh, the Great Muppet Caper movie? came out. Oh, Caper. Oh, right, of course. Great, yeah. Great Muppet Caper. Um, it's the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Aside from the Kermit balloon that they usually have in that parade, uh, we didn't have any other floats representing Henson. But we did this. And this is Beauregard uh, in his taxi cab, which he drove in the movie. And uh, I am inside that Beauregard costume um, with <laughs> severely limited vision. <laughs> I I can't remember. I think I'm just looking out of his mouth. Um, and it's this hot sack of fur over my head. It's a British car, so I'm the steering is everything is on the wrong side of the car for me. Right. The back seat, the, in the back, there are, the seats are taken out. It's a bare floor. Jim is in on the floor with Cheryl and I think it was Heather. Uh, they just propped up with as many pillows as they possibly can be. And yeah. we're driving down the whole parade route. And Jim is telling me, go crazy. Go crazy. <laughs> figure eight, figure eights. 
head oh my for the God. crowds and stop head for the crowd <laughs> and stop short. <laughs> Don't hit anybody. But he's just telling me to go wild. Now I'm not a stunt man. I'm not a stunt driver. <laughs> I'm I'm completely covered in this costume. And I know I'm gonna kill somebody. And oh they're laughing. God. They're in the back going crazy. They're laughing and staring. <laughs> is, like, is the background? Is the background shooting a brick the entire time? What's that, Gene? Is the background any indication as to how fast you're going? Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a. I think this is a. Uh, this is a John Barrett photograph. I think. Um, but I was terrified, just terrified. And Jim said. Just go crazy, and I'm like, I'm gonna kill somebody, please. Oh my god, that's and so I was good. really happy when it was really happy when it was over. And everybody thinks about how much it would be to be a puppeteer, but Bill, I mean, it's work, isn't it? I mean, keeping your arm up like that, do you just have like uh, shoulder muscles to die for? Apparently, not really. No, it doesn't. You don't oh. get any stronger. I don't think. I think you just uh, maybe a little bit, but. Usually you just, if you're, I don't know how, I mean, parades are the hardest thing, you know, because yeah. you need something to hold your arm up, uh, you know, whether it's something to rest against or, um, I think the Sesame performers are probably the strongest because they tend to do the parades every year and they're able to stay up and keep it alive. I, I don't think I go longer without it falling apart after maybe four or five minutes where I need something. You know, otherwise you just, it just starts doing that. And <laughs> you can't really talk anymore. No, no blood yeah. flow at that level. No. If That's anything, worst, I would think that, that, yeah, I would think that you would, you would be more prone to bursitis and, and other ailments as, you know, as opposed to being stronger, you know, you're more prone he, to things going wrong. I think back I think more puppeteers have back injuries and, and because really what we're doing when we're standing is using the back muscles to hold this up. We're not really using our arms to hold it up because we want to keep that loose, right? So yeah. to me, most of my stuff is my back or my shoulder blades, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you're twisting this, your spine too. Yeah. yeah, you're all crooked and stupid. and It's not a smart thing to do. <laughs> kids yeah rotten kids jim uh well so yeah. i mean uh what, oh, what well we haven't touched can i just show one more thing because i feel like it's 4 30 we may want to wrap up you think jane we got a good solid show i mean i could do this so long what do you want to um, end with can i c20 can we just see c23 we'll do two more Let's do C23, and then we'll do one more with Mr. Eif. Well, that's what Ed, I'm doing can you tell now. Us about... Yes, tell us, that's... please. Sculpture, that's what I'm doing now. Uh, we have a gallery in Provincetown where I, I live on Cape Cod, and uh, this is one of my pieces. Um, it's made of resin and dryer lint. All the color you see here is dryer lint. I, I love story. that. And I can't get into any more details because then I'll have to kill you. Oh. Is, it very light? is it light? What's that? It's hollow. Is it light in weight? Okay. It's hollow. Yes. It's probably wow. only. It's probably only uh, the walls in there are probably an eighth of an inch to a quarter inch thick. What's the height? Oh, so and that's, C that's probably. Quick, that's probably. Uh, 
15 inches tall, that piece. Sorry, I'm just going to show yeah. this one real quick because I, I feel like that's one. a mouth. Okay. That looks like a character's head to me. <laughs> okay. That's put two googly eyes on the top. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a torso. Yeah. It's based on it's based on classic Greek or whatever torso. Right, right. And again, right. All that all that orange and yellow and brown and black is all lint. I don't use any other pigment but lint. So I have people all and over this the is country the... sending sending me their lint. That's so. I love that. And this is the Alden Gallery. Alden Gallery, A L D E N Gallery in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Right. Um, can I see E nineteen, please, J T? Oh, good. That's the one I wanted. Yeah. This is my oh, favorite uh, one of yours, Ed. Well, thanks. I just yeah. the gravity of this that is amazing. Beautiful. Fine. Thank you. I was trying to make it look like she was you know, sort of suspended, but yeah, that's the first uh, figure I ever cast in bronze, the first figure to sculpture. Really? So, yeah. What is it? What's, what's the kind of inspiration for it? What, what made you want to, is, is it based on anyone in particular, or is it just in your mind, your creation? No, my whole life, no matter where I've worked, I've always found places to do figure drawing, and then I finally um, you know, gave into the urge to start sculpting, and I just wanted to sculpt sort of an idealized feminine form so i just started sculpting and then yeah i'd have a model for some of it and then you know my wife was so uh, accommodating i'd like you know i need to do the shoulder can you just so she'd peel off her shirt so i could do the shoulder and you know oh, so it, wow. it took uh it took a couple months to put her together but then uh yeah cast her in bronze and she's probably the most popular sculptor i've made she's yeah. the hands but i, I love that in the process of sculpting her i realized that you know she's got her foot on the earth and she's suspended in the air. So I thought I should yeah. make her hair wet. So she just stepped out of the water. So she's sort of suspended between the elements of earth. Which is like an ancient oceanic goddess. Mari. Sorry, I, I, it broke. Say it stunning. again. What did you name her? Uh, Mari. It's a, an oceanic Mar goddess, yeah. I think from Greek or Roman times. Yeah. M-A-R-I, Mari. Right. As a marine, maritime and all that stuff. Well, thanks for showing that. Well, oh, yeah. all right, gentlemen. I mean, we've got more, but I think now it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, boys. Can I see the bottle level? <sighs> Not bad. Oh, nice. Yeah. You should warn people when they come on this show and let them know what a podcast is, because this is, you know, it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> for me. There you go. One for the road. Hey, there we go. And, 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 and Muppets, Muppets, Muppets. Um, so. <laughs> I'll be on the ground in a minute. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, thanks for hanging out longer. I could have kept going, but I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to come back. Will you come back, maybe? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. All right. Bring more well, puppets in. Yes. I don't, that, that, I don't have a lot of puppets here. It's just that one and his castmates. Uh, I don't do well, puppets. Maybe you can make a new one for us. Yeah. You can make a whole new one for us, Ed, next time. Uh, yeah. A dryer lint puppet. Okay. <gasps> We can we can yes. end there. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Barrettis. Thanks, Thanks so much. All right. See you. Thanks for listening. We are a podcast and a vodcast. You can listen or watch the episode. Just go to the BarrettaBrothers.com. That's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-A Brothers.com. Please subscribe, rate us. And we'd love to hear your comments. Thank you.